This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Chad and Zay. All right, let's go. Hour number three on a Friday. It's Chad and Zay. A lot of stuff on the board anyway. And then some wild Texas men's basketball news coming in. On the negative side, Longhorn fans, we'll get you that here in a second. But at the end of last hour, wow. Chad Hastings here. He is Isaiah Collier. He picks a beat out at the beginning of the third hour. Now this one's just trying to put him back in a good mood after what he just found out. What we got, Zay? Outcast, first album, Southern Playalistic, Cadillac Music. Nice. Classic. Yep. It did sound familiar when you fired it up. Oh, I was yeah. I was going to ask if you were if you were getting an Atlanta feel after the Bijan thing. Exactly. Is that what it is? Yep, okay. That's exactly where right. we're going. Very good. It's ironic. We'll tie it all together cuz this next guest is the reason that I know that album. He's the man who really? let me who let me borrow Southern Playalistic Cadillac Funky Music way back in the day. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline. It is our weekly visit with Jeff Ketchum of orangebloods.com at GK Catch on Twitter. Catch how are you, sir? I'm good. I have to say I'm incredibly disappointed in you. As soon as I heard the rejoin, I was like, oh, Chad's got this. Yeah. Well, it's fu- It's funny. It's some- and then you're like, yeah. like I- what is this? No, my guess, honestly, it, it, it's one of those where it's like I should have just gone with the gut. I heard it, and I thought, that sounds like Outcast," And then I just didn't say it out loud. It's one of those things. Got to be able to do it. You got to be I able was, to make the move. I, I was as confident in you getting that. As Will Levis was getting drafted last <laughs> night, I thought it was going to happen. I really did. Yeah, no, it was there. It was there. I just, I did not grab the brass ring hey, on that hey, one. Hey, catch. Where were you when that album dropped in '94? What do you remember? I remember being basically the first person in Austin to like Outkast. Um, it was just I got into them super early. I could remember in the summer of '94 going to Philadelphia for a month for the summer and taking my outcast with me and trying to get every person in Philadelphia <laughs> who, in, who I encountered listen to outcast. And I was that, that, that it's, it's, it's my favorite rap group of all time. Uh, and I was, and that's my favorite album of all time. And, you know, Maybe not my favorite. It's my favorite Outkast album of all time. Probably my favorite rap album of all time. Um, You know, if we were doing a top ten albums list, that one definitely makes it for me. I feel like that changed my music world. Yeah. Crumble and Herb, Play Us Ball. Had some jams. Yeah, it's a big jam. It's a great record. It is a great record. Well, And and the thing is that, uh, to answer your question, Zay, real quickly before we go into the Ronald Holland disaster, that album was the bridge from me from gangster rap, which dominated. I was in high school at the time. 
So it dominated everything. And it felt like Outcast was the exit, exit music. Although we didn't completely get out of it when that album came out, it began the transition into a different type of hip-hop. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Good stuff there. Uh, just know it was deep in my soul. I knew it. I just didn't say it out loud. But I'm sorry I disappointed you, Catch. All right. Um, speaking of disappointment, man, this is uh, we're getting towards the end of last hour. We were looking forward to talk to you about a little draft and the good Max Acemas news. And then this Ron Holland thing happens. Uh, how long have you known about this, uh, you know, about this development? And well, let's lay it out. What does it mean for Texas men's hoops? I mean, it's bad. <laughs> I mean, he, I think, is the most talented player on next year's team, with all due respect to some really nice players, right? I mean, Texas is a void of talent, uh, especially after picking up some news last night on the guard front that helps. But Ronald Holland is a big-time talent. He is – how long have I known about it? I mean, the, there have been rumors for months that – that one was a little shake or shakier than you might expect. But then, you know, you think about that last Texas home game of the year and he and uh, Johnson both show up and it looked like they were going out of their way to be very pro Rodney Terry and very pro. This is what I'm still going to do. Um, so to end up in this place that we're suddenly in, um, I don't know. I don't know how to I don't know how to completely frame it other than had I had heard months ago that he was a little bit shaky, yes. Has it been something that's been on the radar since Rodney Terry got the job? Not really. And weirdly, look, I'm not I'm not uh screaming fire in a crowded theater. What I would because I think Rodney this won't define next season necessarily. You know, I don't know how I don't know how valuable a freshman basketball player is. Uh, he could be pretty good, go get drafted, and it didn't impact whether or not a team makes a Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight or beyond that. Uh, but I don't know that Rodney Terry gets the job at all. If the two five stars that were committed <laughs> weren't giving the – they, they basically gave the Jimmy Chitwood speech. You know, yeah. coach goes, I go. Coach stays, <laughs> I stay. Imagine in Hoosiers if Jimmy Chitwood is like, coach goes, I go. Coach stays, I stay. And then two weeks later, he's playing for Bermuda or whatever some of those towns were in Indiana that were that were you know violent rivals of Hickory. So uh, there's a lot to process. I think, you know, Rodney Terry's recent portal additions calmed the masses. I think, you know, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you or to how to frame how you should think about this other than to say stuff happens. It's a big loss. He's a major, he's a phenomenal basketball player. This isn't one of these guys that's a good athlete that needs to learn how to play basketball He's a phenomenal basketball player. Uh, I think he's got a chance to be he's probably a one-and-done guy, maybe. Uh, but he, I, I think that, you know, it's uh, – I won't go so far as to say it's a spectacular loss, and I'll tell you why. Because the three of us and everybody listening to this show has followed Texas basketball for a long enough time to know they've had a bunch of badass NBA prospects on their roster at various times in the last 14, 15 years – 
uh, that's not what got them where they got this season. They've had highly rated NBA talent who didn't do anything but got drafted. Uh, the best team that they've had, you know, since the Bush administration was basically comprised of guys with a complete opposite player profile to Ronald Holland. So, uh, if you want to shrug this off and say it doesn't matter, you can certainly point to that. Uh, if you're looking at the makeup of next year's team and you're thinking about how good it's going to be, I do think this is a loss. It's a, you, you were starting to really get visions of this front court being maybe one of the best that we've seen at Texas. Like, you know, you put the pieces together, they all look really good. Uh, but Holland was a major, he was the best of the bunch. He's the NBA prospect of the front court. And now that NBA prospect is opening up his recruitment. Doesn't sound like he's closing the door to Texas completely. Uh, but rarely do we see a situation like this where a guy decommits and then jumps back on board. It, it can happen, uh, but it rarely happens. Yeah. Yeah, catch it is tough. And, you know, Ron Holland, he's only gotten better since he committed from going to McDonald's All American and seeing those scouts there to the Nike Hoop Summit playing for Team USA. He's gotten better. ESPN, he went from like around five or six. Now he's number two. And to talk about him being an NBA prospect, well, we know how it goes now. We just saw AJ Johnson go get some money over in Australia. We see a lot of guys going G League because they know that might be an easier step than playing on the college level and you see somebody like Dylan Mitchell who was kind of in the same place as Ron Holland on a lot of draft boards you know uh, mock drafts in 2023 and lottery and now he's not do you think that had a little bit to do with it no but I think your finger look I think you had your finger on the pulse and maybe didn't know it the thing that we've been hearing for a couple of months was that going to play professionally somewhere else for a year might have been the preferred choice. Um, so, so I wouldn't be completely shocked if we see something like that. I also need to apologize. We're apparently bad with moms on our Orange Bloods YouTube channel. Ronald Holland's mom was in our chat a couple of weeks ago, and that made me think, okay, well, He's safe and sound. Like she's all pro Texas, and they're having a good time. Y'all have a mom, well, Jake. Mathis is O'Shawn Mathis's mom came onto our show before O'Shawn Mathis picked Nebraska last year, oh. and she like spent an hour on our YouTube show answering oh. questions and hook them. You know, she's totally like hook them horns, and she's if she's listening, hello. Uh, she's a local lady, but like, yeah, yes. I feel like I'm now on a cooler streak with moms. And if they come into our YouTube show and start chatting, it's a problem. The good news is we're pretty good with dads. Okay. So you need to book more dads then is what you're saying. Book more dads, maybe stay away from the moms as a guest. I'm not booking them. They're showing up. Oh, they're showing up. So they're showing up in the chat. And let me, by the way, it's really uncomfortable when you're in the middle of a show and then a player parent jumps in, they're like out of nowhere, and you're like trying to juggle, oh, that's we're talking about a guy, and his mom or dad is right there, and people are chatting with the parent, and you know, oh. it's 
weird. That is weird. That is definitely weird. We're talking with Jeff Ketchum, orangebloods.com. Definitely check out those uh, those weird podcasts with the uh, with the cool guests, moms and dads alike. Um, Ketch, let's get to maybe more, more positive thoughts. Uh, we'll see. Let me get your quick thoughts on Cowboys Draft. And Mozzie Smith, I saw you reacting a little last night, but I'll be honest, I was dealing with other things. I didn't get to really dig into whether you were positive, negative, and, and your real feelings. So as a Cowboys fan, what'd you think? I'm okay with it. I think they reached a little bit. I kind of think that he probably would be a second round guy. Um He's the bottom of the first, early second guy. I don't know that they got great value. I think they filled a need. I think we learned, I think we should have learned to trust Cowboys drafting at the top of the draft. They get those right a lot. Um, so I'm mostly okay. It wasn't sexy. It wasn't like when I saw that name. I was like, yeah, baby, yes, <laughs> yes. Right. I was not... Meg Ryan orgasming in um, When Harry Met Sally. Right, right. It, it was more like a, what did the ringer have him ranked as again? You know, like, I'm yeah. immediately looking at rankings and like, oh, crap, this person has him at 39th. Someone else has him at 45th. But, like, the more you hear about the guy, the more I like him, which makes me think of last year's pick a lot. When... Tyler Smith first got drafted. It was like, huh? And then the more you heard about him, you were like, okay, okay. And then by the time we saw him, we're like, oh, this dude can ball. They got that right. I'm, I'm hopeful that that will be the case with this pick as well. Yeah. Catch Bijan to Atlanta. People think that's pretty risky for Atlanta, but we know what Bijan Robinson is. How did you like that pick? I like it a lot more than Detroit <laughs> giving <laughs> David Montgomery a big contract and then like, you know what we're going to do with our draft equity? Put it all on a running back, uh, on, the, on the second best running back at that. Um, look, what I wanted Bijan to do was get drafted by it. I wanted him to go to the Bills. Mm. I was like, that makes the Bills a Super Bowl. It's like that, They're already borderline. Put him in the backfield with Josh Allen and what they have. And I thought that would be really good. What I didn't want to see happen was him to go to a place with, I'm about to curse on the radio, no, no. not good quarterbacking. There it is. I wanted to say the S word. I know, yeah. That rhymes with uh-huh. pity. Yeah. Um, but, like, his quarterback is Desmond Riddler. <laughs> that's, that's, that's bad. He's so bad. He's, he's so bad. He, you just called him Riddler instead of Ritter. <laughs> I mean, that's how bad it is. Whatever. <laughs> He's not good enough to say his name right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. And so I'm a little worried that they're going to Earl Campbell in Houston helm. You know, he's got, he'll has got he have that rookie deal. And remember at the end of the DeMarco Murray Cowboy years when it was like, did they just give him 60 carries in a game? I'm, I'm a little worried that Bijan's going to a city – uh, where he will clearly be the best player on the team. Uh, I, I wanted him playing with a good quarterback. Uh, I'm worried that he's just going to be playing on a bad football team. Yeah, Catch, before we let you go, you mentioned the Gibbs pick from Detroit. That certainly was weird, and then they almost seemed to double down on it. What did you think of the Jack Campbell move at 18 from uh, from Dan Campbell and Aaron Glenn and the Lions? 
I, I like that the Lions just don't give an F. Like, they, they, they knew what they were doing would be questioned, but they're trusting their convictions. And on some level, I do appreciate that. I, I, I don't get the sense that groupthink runs the Detroit Lions. And as someone who finds himself, I think I'm rooting for the Lions. I, it's hard not to like their head coach. It's hard not to like Dan Campbell. He is an incredibly charismatic guy. And so, uh, and look, it's hard not to like Aaron Glenn. So uh, I think he seems like an, a, a guy that I, would, I could hang out with. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think that those two players help them keep their jobs beyond 2025? I don't know. Uh, By the way, are we talking about the Texans? Because they gave up draft like draft pieces that you would normally trade for a quarterback for a defensive end, and I'm all kinds of fascinated by because I true story, and I know it looks like we're up against it. I watched Draft Day, the movie, uh-huh. for the first time right before the draft last night. Okay, and then it felt like. A lot of what happened in the first part of the draft was from that movie where it was like the Houston Texans were like, you want another first rounder? Sure. Because <laughs> the crazy thing in that movie is that Kevin Costner is, is, has, goes into the draft day with no thoughts about what he would do if he had the number one pick. And then it's offered to him, and he takes it without telling anybody. And then he shows up, and he's like, hey, do we want the quarterback? (laughs) Spoiler alert, it's really weird that a guy would give up three first-round draft picks for a player he doesn't know if he wants or not. So I didn't know how good of a GM Kevin Costner was in that movie. I don't know how good the GM in Houston is. They gave up a lot. That pick next year could be Caleb Williams. And you can say, well, we just got C.J. Stroud. Do you know next year how valuable the number one pick in the draft could be? Right. Do you know how valuable next year's quarterback class might be on paper? And if you have a top five pick, what you might be able to get for one of those picks? So I hated the trade. I like that they got two of the top three players in the draft, but I hated the trade. And I have a feeling – that by in twelve months from now, we're going to look back on that Will Anderson trade, and we're going to go. Will Anderson is a perfectly fine, good football player, but they gave up potentially a franchise-changing draft pick, and I just don't know. I just I'm, my mind is blown. C.J. Stroud's your starter next year, and you think he might not be a top five, bottom team in the league is. Bold. It's very bold. Yeah, it is. That lot, lot of boldness there, no doubt. Uh, Nico Ryan wanted this defensive guy. He really did. Uh, that's Jeff Ketchum, orangebloods.com, at GK Catch on Twitter uh, for all those moms and dads that might be listening right now. Catch, we appreciate it, man. Have a good weekend. Uh, hope everybody is good, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. If there's a mom out there listening who has a player or a recruit the Texans is interested in, it, come on this show when you know they're going to Texas so that we can break the streak. There it is. The streak. Like I, need, I need a layup. <laughs> I need a slump buster. Yeah. Thanks, Catch.
Later, guys. Thanks, Cash. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. Uh, Yeah, Catch echoing some of your thoughts from earlier in the the shows. That was one of of your first reactions. And a lot of people's reactions, just how much the Texans gave up. It's not that you're insulting the players, but high price. Yeah, I mean, we've been hearing talks all pre-draft of not being sold on C.J. Stroud. So why do all this? If you're not sold on them, why just take Will Anderson and wait until next year? Like, I always hear the, oh, you owe it to your fans, this and that. F the fans! (laughs) F them! Like, we're we're all for the greater good. Like, it's a process. We'll take steps because, again, like Ketch said, we know what next year's draft can be. Mm -hmm. So if you're not sold on C.J. Stroud, then take Levis at the number, or excuse me, take uh, Anderson Anderson, at number two, and then... Keep that, what, 12 spot and see what happens. Yeah, right. And what would have happened? They could have been staring right at Oh, yeah, what could have happened? They'd have been staring at Levis. Levis is still there now. So theoretically, if it all plays out the same, he's there. I mean, somebody grabs Stroud, right? Somebody probably grabs Stroud if they don't, but Levis might still have not gone. Yeah, maybe it's just smoke that. They were just saying, now, we really don't like C.J. Stroud, but they really do. Must have they been. really think, yep. like, oh, he's the guy the whole time. And if that's the case, then cool, we'll see. But I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, that's a great point. All right, uh, thanks to Catch for his time. Up next, why today matters. We told you about a big birthday coming up this weekend. We'll reiterate that. But also, big comedy event this weekend. Danny Goodwin, uh, a Longhorn, buddy of our guy Brad Kellner. He told me he's playing tonight and tomorrow at the Velveeta Room. We'll introduce you to Danny Goodwin next. If you want to go to the show, check out the Velveetaroom.com. Got to be 21 or over to get in down there on 6th and Red River. We'll talk to Danny next. He is a Longhorn fan, so we'll get his thoughts on Bijan to Atlanta and some other stuff. Stay with us. It's the Horn. Chad and Zay. Welcome to Atlanta's hammers and bows. Back to the mackin' and the clothes. Adolescents packing a a knock on the door. Who is it? I would happen to know. Ah, rolling through a Friday. It's an Atlanta vibe in the third hour. It started with an outcast beat. This sounds like ludicrous. It's easy. It's an easy one? That's an easy one. Nice one? Yeah. Man, I wish I'd had enough guts to say outcast because it did sound like him when you fired it up. So went with something from the Southern Playalistic album in terms of the beat to start the hour, and now we get a little ludicrous. What's the song called? Ludicrous. It's actually Jermaine Dupree featuring ludicrous. Oh, my bad. Welcome to Atlanta. Not ah, good. Gotcha. Luda came okay. on first. I get it. Yeah, okay. Jermaine Dupree and Ludacris there. Want to give everybody their proper credit. We hope you are having a good Friday. Uh, it was certainly good for Texas fans last night to see Bijan go number eight. It was good for Texas men's basketball fans to hear about Max Asmus, the Oral Roberts point guard, uh, choosing Texas out of the transfer portal. But today, right in the middle of the show, into the 1 o'clock hour, we get bad news for Texas men's basketball, and it's the other big-time five-star that you were counting on has decommitted, and that's Ron Holland decommitting from Texas. He says he's still leaving it open to come to Texas, and he's not getting rid of the idea. But, again, that'll be uh, that'll be pretty tough um, to imagine that he would make this kind of a choice and then come back. But uh, we'll keep you updated, obviously, on that. Huge news there as Ron Holland decommitted earlier today. All right, let's get into why today matters. April 28th, a little bit on the weekend. If you want to laugh, we got a good idea for you. Here we go. 
Why Today Matters, brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialists. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialists. 512-601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com. I'll tell you what, our man Danny Goodwin may have a tougher job now, Zay, if he's got Longhorn basketball fans coming to these shows at the Velveeta Room. <laughs> going to have to step it up even more. Uh, we're going to introduce you to him right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. He is a Longhorn, I am told, and I'm also told he might even admit to knowing Brad Kellner. Danny Goodwin will be at the Velveeta Room tonight and tomorrow. Go to thevelvetaroom.com for tickets. Danny, how are you? I'm doing good. I I realize we got to turn this into like an NIL fundraiser or something <laughs> for Hollis, you know? Yeah. Yes. Look, Let's get some money together, man. This is Texas. Why are you leaving? Yeah, you know? a little crazy. Right now in that basketball world, there are a few places with more more bags of money than even Texas could find, I think, uh, right now. That is For rough. Sure. Yeah. All right, so, Danny, give people a little, a little bit of an idea of your story. Um, you know, How far into the career are you? You know, This is a headline event for you this weekend at the Velveeta Room. Uh, how many times has that happened for you? Kind of where are you in the career? And let, let people know a little bit about you well i uh so i've lived here in austin for about 11 years i came here to go to ut um i've been doing comedy here uh this whole time basically since uh about eight years ago is when i started gotcha um i've headlined before a couple years ago and uh maybe a couple years before that but yeah it's this valve is the longest running comedy club in austin at this point and, um, you know, Doug Stanhope recorded a special there a few years back. And, uh, you know, I've seen a ton of people come through there. And it's, it's the best. And it's, you know, uh, there's been a lot of changes to the city and the scene, but it remains this, like, constant. And it's just, yeah, it's the most fun, fun place in town. I, uh, I love it. And, um, yeah, as far as my story goes and how this happened, uh, I've been uh, buddies with BK since uh, – since high school, so shout wow. out to Kellner for putting it together. Yeah, man. And, you know, if you if you love Brad, come see a show. And, and, and if you don't love Brad, I can deliver hate mail <laughs> directly to him. So just bring that to the show. It works out either way. That's fantastic. But how can you not love BK? Shout oh, out no, to Sam, BK. Absolutely. No, we love Brad. Yeah, get to see him next week. Yeah. That's definitely going to be fun. But, you know, Danny, your skits are hilarious. I love the videos that you make where you're having a podcast with yourself on different topics. Oh, those, thank you. Those are absolutely that. hysterical, my man. And, you know, you, ob- you. you obviously have to have some motivation or people that you looked up to before getting into comedy. Who are some of the comedians that are your favorites growing up that you still look at and say, man, these guys, I wouldn't even be doing this if I didn't have these guys to, you know, look over. Oh, man. Well, Chris Rock has always been uh, a favorite of mine. Uh, Dave Attell, definitely. And then uh, some of the newer guys, uh, by newer, I mean like the last 10 years, Rory Scovel, if you know that is, one of my favorite comedians. And uh, yeah, always, you know, always Chappelle and uh, yeah, the classics, you know, those, uh, I absolutely, those guys are still killing it. So. We're talking with, sure. talking with Danny Goodwin, Velveeta Room, tonight at 8, tomorrow at 8 and 10, down there on 6th and Red River, thevelvetaroom.com. It is 21 and over. Danny, for people who may not be uh, familiar with you specifically, 
how blue are we going in the shows? I love uh, I love some good blue comedy. I love all the words and all oh. the language. How far uh, how far are we going into the kind of adult realm uh, in terms of you know if people are into that kind of comedy or you know where where do you fall on on all that? Uh, let me use you guys' lingo real quick. We're going to be out of safe harbor. I'll tell you that much. Okay. All right? Okay. Out uh, of safe harbor. I got you. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're going, we're going real blue. No, it's not, not that dirty, but yeah, definitely. It's, you know, it's 21 and up for a reason. I, I think, uh, yeah, it'll be a fun time. Beautiful. Okay. Um, Sounds good. Danny, you being a Texas alum, how excited are you for this upcoming Texas football season? Quinn, yours, another year. He looks good with the mullet now gone. All the guys that they have coming in or that have came in already from C.J. Baxter, obviously Arch Manning. But this looks like it could be a very special year. Are you looking forward to it? I'm very much looking forward to it. I don't know if I should admit this, but I feel like it's the best place to uh, say it. I had a... Uh, I had a dentist appointment the other day, and I looked out the window, and I saw the practice field uh, was about two blocks away, and I thought, you know what, let me, uh, let me go check this out. So I was on the, <laughs> the service road of I-35 peeking through the fence, and let me tell you, based on what I saw, we're winning the natty next year, boys. There it All is. Right? I'll there tell it you is. that much. There you go. <laughs> Let's go. That's the feeling. That, that's I the really, I, but, but for real, like, I – I think it's, you know, we get caught in this a lot, but I am really optimistic about this team in a way that maybe I shouldn't be, but I think it's going to be good. What do you guys think? You guys think we got this? I think there's a lot of positive energy around this team. And then when you, it's all about what's in the conference too, right? It's about what's in the Big 12 and who's bringing folks back. I feel like once you get to like Big 12 media days and that time and preseason polls and stuff, I feel like Texas is going to be the pick in the Big 12. And then that leads you to an even bigger discussion as well. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, I honestly, and again, this is maybe famous last words, but as far as the conference is concerned, I, I don't know who to be like scared of really. Like I, I think like TCU, I, I think that they're going to have a run for a little bit. I don't know if it was necessarily just the you know seniors last year. Um, I, I think uh, Dykes is a good coach. Um, I don't know. It kind of feels like Oklahoma State's lost that, like, you know, that Gundy thunder a little bit, you know? And uh, I'm just not really a believer in Venables uh, as of yet. So, I don't know. We'll see. I I think just as far as our talent is concerned, and I just believe in this coaching staff. I believe in Sark. And, uh, you know, I'll put this out there. Sark, come to one of the shows this week. I'd love to have you there. Wow, look at that. Man, you are feeling good. You are drinking that Kool-Aid. We're calling the coach out to I the shows. Look, look out. I love it. Yeah, we'll, we'll like reserve a seat for him right in the front. I don't know if he'd want to sit in the front. Yeah, probably we'll, not. Uh, right. That will be his seat. Um, <laughs> how are you guys feeling about baseball? I'm uh, I'm enjoying this team, even though last weekend was it was a little rough. Yeah, but, got, uh, yeah. Got to see how it goes. Clean some things up. Yeah, got to see how it goes in Fort Worth. It's a big weekend. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're not quite feeling. Uh, they're not quite feeling up to the Omaha standard right now. They're going to have to turn some things around. What's happened this season? And it's not like last season where it was all power on like the lineup, front to back, right? Like everyone could hit it out of the park. We don't really have that this year, but we do have guys that can like 
strategically hit, if that makes sense. Like there has been moments where you're like, oh, Porter Brown got this like, you know, this three RBI hit on a two out deal in like the, you know, eighth inning. Like there's been moments like that, but you can't really win like long term by the skin of your teeth. You kind of have to, you know, we got to get some sweeps in the next few weeks for me to really uh, feel good about everything. But we we do have some awesome players on that team. I'm I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how far they can go. Yep. Danny, another um, another comedy question from me. Who's the most famous comedian that you've met? I know there's a lot of people that have came in and out of Austin just for different shows and stuff. And there's you know the underground market, but you met you know Rogan's here. You met anybody famous just working in the area doing your comedy? I met anyone famous. I'm trying to think. Like I've uh, like in terms of people I've like worked with. Like I've opened for uh, Kevin Nealon and uh, Dan Soder and Nikki Glaser, nice. and then. You know, briefly, like, met people like, you know, Ari Shafir when they'll come through. Like, not too, too well. Mark Norman, guys like that. I mean, that's the cool thing about, especially being in a scene right now, is, like, the comics, they want to hang out, you know, for the most part, right? They want to be around other comedians, and it's that communal aspect that I've kind of always felt that every single level, you know? And, And for the most part, no one's ever, like, uh, maybe, maybe, um, maybe it's going to happen soon, but like every, I, I just did, for example, I just did the moon tower comedy festival last weekend mm-hmm. and, uh, I was, you know, working with like comedians like Maria Bamford and Dana Gould and the, the Squar brothers, a lot of people that have just, you know, kind of been around for a while. And in my experience, comics are fairly nice, you know, they're kind of like, they're supportive of other uh, comedians, uh, and I—it's just—it's a, a cool thing to be a part of. That's very, um, that's very yeah. cool. That's good to hear. That is good to hear because yeah. there's all the stories through the years of maybe some. Uh, sometimes when it's maybe not that way, uh, in certain in certain circles. Glad to hear you that you're experiencing the good side of it. Maybe that uh, cool Austin vibe, uh, you know, helps out with that. We're talking with Danny Goodwin. You hear he's a Longhorn guy. He's already invited Sark to the shows tonight at eight. Yeah. Tomorrow at eight and ten at the Velveeta Room, Sixth and Red River. Go to the Velveeta Room dot com. Uh, and like he said, if you want to send hate mail towards Brad Kellner, he can do that. Or if you want to just uh, <laughs> spread some love about Brad Kellner, he can do that too. Uh, Danny, we. We appreciate, I, yeah. we appreciate your time, man. Best of luck with the uh, the stuff this weekend, and we appreciate the convo. We'll we'll get a message to Coach Pierce and tell him uh, tell him to get that baseball team in shape. I love it. Thank uh, you so much. I really appreciate it, guys. Thank you, thank brother. You, Danny. Thank appreciate you. you, man. Y'all have a great time this weekend. That's Danny Goodwin. Tell you what, Zay. Sometimes they tell you that somebody's a you know. Oh yeah, no, he's a Longhorn. Oh no, no, he went to Texas. Oh, he's, the man is break broke it into Texas baseball. Okay, guys. Yeah, when you start I, talking Texas baseball, I understand comedy and stuff, but can we talk about this baseball team? A little concerned about what happened against Oklahoma, huh? I need to talk about the bats and what's going on here. Yo, he's a Texas fan alum for real. In all his videos, majority of them, he's wearing Texas gear. Is that right? KD jerseys, Texas hats. Nice. He does a great job.
Very cool. Yeah, check him out. If you're ready to laugh, and hey, after this Texas men's basketball news today, you may need to laugh. Tonight at 8, tomorrow at 8 and 10 at the Velveeta Room. Shout out to, you see him called the Velve. The Velve. Yeah. It's legendary. <laughs> TheVelveetaRoom.com. It is 21 and over down there on 6th and Red River, in case you don't. No. Coming up, we'll get you stems and seeds before we get out of here. Reiterate that big story of the day. Texas men's hoops. Ron Holland decommitting. Zay will give you more thoughts on that. Plus tonight, it is a wild Western Conference doubleheader in the NBA. Both series could end or we could end up with game sevens. We'll break that down for you as well on the horn. I went from old school Chevy's to dropped out Porsches. You couldn't walk a mile off in my Air Force. And you ain't seen what I seen. I can get a hundred thousand in these Sean John jeans. I went from old school Chevy's to dropped out Porsches. You couldn't walk a mile off in my Air Force. And you ain't did what I did from That's a great Chad and Zay. Sorry, voice guy. My bad. That's a great start. Oh, yeah. That is good stuff. Is it T.I.? No. No? I mean, you're close. We're still Atlanta, though? Yeah, we're still in Atlanta. You're close, but not at all. Close, but not at all. Fair enough. It's got that kind of rhythm to it. It's got that kind of delivery to it. All right, who is it? Young Jeezy. Young Jeezy. Also, Atlanta. So all these guys that you've been playing this hour... Might be really excited about B. John Robinson today. Oh, yeah. Or they could be way into their Georgia feelings, and they might be pissed they didn't take Jalen Carter. One one of the two. That's also a thought. Yeah. But I would, uh, yeah, you would hope that they would be in, uh, you know, be excited about the idea. It's just really about, you know, how, where they sit, how they, how they're built, and the fact that they're, because they're not as far along as Detroit. That was the weird discussion around them. They're right there. People felt like they were on the borderline of really becoming an interesting team, playoff team and all that. And then to make those two picks last night seems weird. seems like they reached for that back. And then with Atlanta, it's at eight. Should they have just dealt with some of their other issues? Or is it all right that they made this pick and said, all right, we're going to lock it in with this running game and, you know, uh, Arthur, uh, both Arthurs want, uh, to, want, to, want to run the ball? I mean... He had catch just clowning on Desmond Ritter, which I get it. He's not proven yet, and if he was, they wouldn't have given Taylor Heineke all that money. So that's the biggest question mark. But look around the quarterback. Bijan Robinson in the backfield. You got Drake London, who was top ten last year, coming out of USC as a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Then you got Kyle Pitts, who's supposed to be yeah. the next thing, best thing from Travis Kelsey. I forgot about London. You forgot about yeah, I, I forgot about him too. I always think of Pitts first. You're right. They yeah. got London. Yeah, and he yeah. came around. He started off slow, but he came around. I think you know when you have Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson doing what they're doing, then sometimes you f- you can forget about what Drake London brings to the table. But yeah, talent wise. They got some of the best young talent in the league, but, man, are you going to win at the line of scrimmage like you need to in the NFL? I yeah. don't know. Do right. they answer those questions? Are they going to be able to stop other wide receivers? We'll see. They might have a good draft tonight and tomorrow to help this pick make more sense. It makes sense to us because we know who Bijan right. is. Yeah. But outside looking in, not so much. Yeah, I always say of college football fans, if your team can't block and tackle, nothing else matters. In the NFL, it's it's even more so. It might be ten times that argument. Yeah, absolutely. And I've... 
this Ron Holland thing, man. I've just <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get let's get into stems and seeds. I want to get more of your thoughts on this. If people have missed the story, let's jump in here. No stress, no seeds, no stems, no sticks. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678 or avconsultations.com. The big story, the headline of the day for Longhorn fans, unfortunately ends up being Ron Holland decommitting from Texas. Zay, how are you processing this right now and kind of how, how are you looking at this? It sucks. It really sucks because you want to be hype about Max Acemas, and I am hype about Max Acemas. That's a good get. Sure. But... I, I can't necessarily blame Coach Terry for this. I know people want to do that. And you got to understand, Ron Holland, this next year's draft is weak, 2024. A lot of people have Ron Holland go number one. He's gotten better since he committed and signed with Texas to where he is now. And again, when you're at McDonald's All-American Camp and there's NBA scouts there watching you in practice and in the game, then you go off to all these other camps and USA, Nike Summit, and you're playing against guys across the world and there's scouts there and they're telling you, yo, you've gotten better. You might be the number one pick. Coming to college might not be the best answer. Traditionally, yes, because that's what it was. You mm-hmm. didn't have all these other options to go to Australia, play in the G League, go the European route. You didn't have all that. So now that you do, and the college game being as tough as it is, college is hard. The you know not having a defense of three seconds, the spacing, it is hard. We just saw Dylan Mitchell get exposed this year. Dylan Mitchell is a lot like Ron Holland. Before the year started, he was supposed to be a lottery pick. But he showed, and he got exposed this year, and it dropped his stock. And if you're Ron Holland and you see somebody like that that's that close to you in a Dylan Mitchell, you don't want to risk it at all. Where you could go to the G League and you could learn the NBA game and get better that way and have a better opportunity to stay at as a lottery pick than playing college basketball where the game's a lot tougher, you're playing against 23- and 24-year-olds, and you could easily get exposed. So if he is hearing things like, you may be the number one pick in next year's draft. He made the right move. You think he's about to tell everybody he's going G League or some? He's not going to a college? Yes. Okay. So this isn't about, I'm going to decommit and I'm going to throw Kansas and Kentucky into a discussion. That's not what you think this is going to be. No. One of my favorite follows on social media is Global Scouting NBA Draft. And it says, breaking projected overall pick in the 2024 draft. Overall, number one. Holland, number yeah, one. Overall, yes. Yeah. Has decommitted from Texas. So this guy could be like a LeBron James. I'm not saying that's his talent, but we're talking about former number one picks. Guys like Ben Simmons, guys like Kyrie Irving. Think about where those guys are and who they are, and Ron Holland could be a part of that. And you want him to come to Texas? I'd love that, but for his sake, it doesn't make any sense. If if you've gotten that much better and these scouts are telling you you might be the number one pick in two years, coming to Texas makes no sense. And it sucks. It really sucks to say, but that's just what it is. The fact that that is the state of the game right now, that's frustrating to hear. As a fan, that's frustrating to hear as a fan, you know, of – of the idea of where college basketball used to be, the fact that that's now the logic, that's sad to hear. Yeah, what what's lovely about that moving forward, these last three champions from Baylor, Kansas, and UConn, what freshmen do they have getting serious minutes? Not right. many. 
if they weren't coming off the bench, they weren't giving you crazy starting minutes. None of those teams did. So they, Yeah, they didn't have a guy that was going to go one or two in the next draft. Yeah, right. you need those transfer portal guys, guys that have been there a while. And Coach Terry, they're getting that. Just you have no freshman class now. A.J. Uh, Johnson gone, Ron Holland gone. Man. All right, Zay, real quick. Golden State and the Lakers, do they both finish it tonight? Uh, Golden State does. Lakers, no. Oh, okay. You think we're going to get a Game 7 with Memphis? Yep. And the Lakers. And uh, Joey Porter Jr., first pick for the Steelers? Yes. Tonight? Yep. All right. That uh, is at least the thought among some Pennsylvania folk. We'll see if it happens. Ball Don't Lie coming up. Rod and Harge and Patrick Davis with the very latest on this Ron Holland story and their reactions. Keep it right here. Have a safe weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. See ya.